0: Be Wealthy and Smart, episode 124. Hello and welcome to my second anniversary show. Yes, it was exactly two years ago today when I started the Be Wealthy and Smart podcast. Today, I'll share with you the best of the best episodes. This is which ones you've liked best, and I'll take the number one rated show and give you a podcast within a podcast about the most popular of all your topics. First, I want to share with you a little backstory. Two years ago, I went to a conference in San Diego called Social Media Marketing World. At that conference, I went to a session with John Lee Dumas, Cliff Ravenscraft, and other luminaries in the podcast world and heard them talk about podcasting. I went home and shortly thereafter started the Be Wealthy and Smart podcast. I wanted to do a daily podcast, but my commitment only allowed for weekly As you may have noticed, I've been podcasting three days a week for the last few weeks now, and I plan to keep that up for the foreseeable future. I love doing the show and hearing from you that you love it too. I hope we've connected on all social media. I've got a Be Wealthy and Smart page on Facebook and Instagram where I post information that goes along with the episodes, as well as the Linda P. Jones page on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Google. Wherever you look, I'm there. Plus, I'd love to connect with you and share even more inspiration on your wealth building. So, here's a little background on how far we've come in two years. Today, Be Wealthy and Smart has listeners in 143 countries that blows my mind. 80% are in the US and 20% are around the world. Our top countries outside the US are Canada, the UK, Australia, China, South Africa, Korea, Sweden, and the Philippines. But we also have listeners in such faraway places as Oman, Nepal, Kyrgyzstan, Cambodia, Peru, Namibia, Zimbabwe, and Afghanistan. Thank you so much for listening, tuning in, and subscribing to the show. If it sounds a little noisy today, I have to admit I'm broadcasting from a hotel room in Las Vegas. (laughs) So I'm going the extra mile to make sure that you get this anniversary show today. So along with the last two years and all of these great listeners in amazing countries, we've also gone from zero to 101 reviews, 96 of which are five-star reviews. So thank you, everyone who has written a review. If you're a regular listener and you haven't yet left a review, please do that and let me know what you think of the show or at least wish me a happy second anniversary. It really helps new listeners find the show and since all the content is free, it's the way that you can say thank you and I really would appreciate it. As you know, my journey here was one of being in the traditional financial world. For over 25 years, I worked in the financial industry representing investment companies. After getting my business degree, I went to work for a stock brokerage firm in the financial planning department. That piqued my interest in financial planning, and then I studied to become a certified financial planner so I could learn everything about investing, retirement, estate planning, insurance, or so I thought. It made me very smart about things like tax laws, but not about how investing worked. I started my career in Seattle, was promoted to San Francisco and New York City, and had the opportunity to work on Wall Street at 14 Wall and also on the 102nd floor of the World Trade Center, which I hold near and dear to my heart, those memories of that building. In my day job, I was responsible for investment sales by financial advisors. I provided them with all the details about our investments, like mutual funds, separately managed accounts, even our hedge funds. I had to know inside and out how the money was being invested, what the track record was, how these managers were different from other money managers, how they complemented or contrasted other professional money managers in the industry. The financial industry, Definitely gave the message that individual investors shouldn't try this at home, meaning it was too risky and people would lose all their money. And I was no exception. Although I was an employee working for a firm, I had the same mentality and I believed it wholeheartedly that you couldn't invest at home. You couldn't do it yourself. It was something you should leave up to professionals only. But over the years I'd been studying millionaires and how they became wealthy. I read hundreds of books and then started investing in real estate for myself. I had some success but it was coming along very slowly on my own. I looked into partnering with others and did partner with others and bought homes out of foreclosure in the 90s. That was fraught with all kinds of problems and although we came out with about 15% returns. To me, the work that was required to get the return didn't match what the return should have been. You see, I'd already figured out the six steps to wealth. I knew that millionaires were extraordinarily positive people and worked on keeping a positivity about them. I call that step one, a wealthy mindset. Then you needed capital. That was step two, save a nest egg. Then you needed someone to teach you the ropes. And that was step three, find a mentor. Then after that, you needed to find the right investment, which was step four, invest in a money engine to grow your wealth. And then step five was to compound at a high rate. That was the key to real wealth. And step six was protecting your wealth, making sure you didn't lose it after all that hard work. So there I was starting step five, compounding at a high rate, and I was staring it right in the face. The real estate investments had been hornets nests and I really didn't want to invest anymore in real estate. About that time, I noticed the stock market had been gaining close to 30% in a year. That compounding rate really got my attention because I knew how important the rate of compounding was by this time. So I picked up William J. O'Neill's book, How to Make Money in Stocks and read it and then started following his advice and investing. It wasn't perfect, but I got the hang of it and followed what he said. And I added a little bit of my own special sauce to the formula and had even better results. In 1999, my account had grown to a million dollars and then doubled. I'm telling you my story, which you've probably heard before, but I want you to know it's possible to learn to be a good investor. I started something called the VIP Experience to help people do that. And this brings me to what the number one episode out of 124 episodes is. Are you ready? You probably can guess what the title of this episode is. It's called How to Get Rich. That was the number one episode with the most downloads in the last two years that I have recorded. So what do I have to tell you more about How to Get Rich than I've already been telling you on every show? And I've already been telling you on that specific episode about how to get rich. Well, I have three things to tell you. Number one, it won't happen if you don't try. That's the biggest mistake I see people make, is not trying. The fear of failure is so high, and trust me, I've been there. I was sure I was going to lose all of my money. I could have easily not gotten up at 5 a.m. to study about my stocks and get my orders ready in the morning before work. I could have let fear win, but I didn't, and you won't either, because I have faith that you can become rich. You can accomplish your goals and dreams. Number two, be careful who you listen to. Find a mentor who has accomplished what you want to accomplish, and I hope for many of you listening that I'm that mentor for you. There's a lot of financial advice out there, and some of it I strongly disagree with. Some of the people teaching have not created wealth. They're interested in writing about it, but they haven't had a system that worked for them. They haven't really experienced what it's like. They haven't ridden the ups and downs of the market, seen their account get slammed, or have their account double and then double again. Understand what each expert has to offer and what their experiences are and have been that allow them to teach what those experiences are. I always say, if you haven't done it, you can't teach it. Number three, I recommend that you get started. Start small and work up to bigger things. Don't feel like you have to take huge risks or jump in head first. You really don't, nor should you. You can start small and trade on paper instead of with real money. You can set up an imaginary portfolio on Yahoo and see how you do before even investing one dollar but do something to move you forward and get started. Take that one action in the direction that you wanna go. This episode has been sponsored by The VIP Experience. It's a community I started to give you the cheat sheets and cliff notes of investing and wealth building. So many people ask me where wealth building opportunities are that I founded The VIP Experience so I can work with you more closely and cost effectively. You have an hour a month live with me. You can ask whatever you want on our monthly webinar. You can also benefit from understanding what's going on with the markets without confusing jargon and extraneous nonsense. You can go to www.lindapjones.com forward slash VIP for all the details. That's all for this week. And thank you for a great two years. I'd still love that rating and review from you. So if you haven't done it yet, don't forget. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show.